0: I'm a handshake and tell you, I'm a spud with a plan. I'm America that's great day by day. I ain't your average quitter. I don't put up a golf. I'm doing the best I can. The Trump Tater. Don't be day. Good morning, my fellow Trump-taters out there. Welcome to the Path Forward, Utah. I love my Trump-tater song. Eventually, I'm going to have to replace that with something else, but right now we can still enjoy that fun little tune and uh, bring a little smile to our faces because uh, I I wish this program today was one of those of happy, uh, joyous things. But uh, for those of you who are jazz fans, and I, and my kids always have the little little things that people say or the uh, commentators. But it's like uh, they have this one: buckle up! It's going to be a, a, a hard ride. Do you ever watch the jazz? How do, how do they say that, Brian? Do do not watch the jazz, but, uh, anyway, that, that's what they're saying when it's a really close game and people are all up and down that the, they'll give the little feedback, uh, buckle up jazz fans. It's going to be a tough ride here, a crazy ride. Well, that's where we're at. So we got to buckle up because, uh, we are in for a crazy ride. So I'm going to just start the news out with one of my biggest disappointments, um, governor gnome of south dakota i mean this woman's my freaking hero and then uh, she comes out on national woman's day and says she's gonna sign the bill that protects young women athletes who work so hard to be competitive and then now she sent back basically a veto of gutting out any real meat of that bill basically not protecting college female athletes and all also, not giving young women the right to sue. Um, anyway, great disappointment. I don't know what's gotten into Governor Noam other than she did have, I believe it was Amazon that said that they were going to pull out a building, a big center there in South Dakota. But uh, eventually, um, I mean, if we're just going to be continued to be beholden to the economics of these big corporations over principles I mean where does it where does it end and uh, I totally get the state's need and as a governor of a state you want to bring in prosperity for your uh, country your state and the people that work in that state but uh, at what expense and so we continue to sacrifice a little freedom here a little freedom there uh, a little right here a little you know just every time we turn around that we're we're selling out our principles we're selling out our freedoms for the assurance of a seventeen dollar an hour job. Um, I don't know, Christy. I, I just terribly disappointed. So anyway, that's my that's my news on one of my heroes in this last year. And so every time I turn around, I mean, and I don't know what happened. I mean, obviously, corporate America, or she's saying the NCAA uh, goes against the rules. Well. I just don't see it does. I guess we need to fight against the rules, the NCAA, because women's rights are going down the tube, and nobody seems to care, especially women, and uh, I I just don't get it. So anyway, let's go to the other news of the day, and this is on our border, and there's multiple different things on our border. i talked a little bit about this last week, but our border crisis. And uh, they want to somehow blame this on Trump. But I think even the mainstream media is at the point that they recognize that there's no blaming this on Trump, that this is a Biden border crisis. So let's start with the fact that Biden, instead of continuing to build the wall that's already funded, already in the process, he is spending millions of dollars a day trying to prevent the wall from being built. So he is sending all kinds of signals to those south of our border, north of our border, across the ocean, that we are open. Just make it over here, across the border, and we're going to let you in. And so this has basically created a real nightmare and uh, a human catastrophe along our borders. So um, Project Veritas, because we don't have any real reporters in the mainstream media, Project Veritas has, again supplied us with what's really going on and pictures of the kids in cages packed like sardines. It is something, if, if this happened under Trump, oh my gosh, the whole, every uh, single um congressmen on the left, every media organization, and we would have all kinds of protesters in writing at our border protesting Trump and the treatment of these people in these detention centers. But no, because it's on the left, the media is not even pushing to get in. They don't want to have to expose what Biden and his administration is doing, and their horrible leadership on this uh, issue at our border. And they certainly don't want pictures of the kids in cages like were exposed in 2014 under the Obama-Biden administration. Um, it is pretty horrifying. I mean, the number of kids that are being sent across as young as five and six that are being molested, that are being raped. Um, in this one detention center that uh, Project Veritas had pictures of, over 50 of these young kids attested positive tested positive, and they're being packed in. To this close, uh, closely confined facility, uh, multiple rapes, uh, multiple assaults that go on daily. So, anyway, um, I don't know. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a sad mess. And uh, and what's really sad about it is that the Biden administration is basically saying, okay. We value and we're going to take on this crisis of these outsiders coming into our country from countries that have failed them, countries that we give billions of dollars to and uh, that have failed them, instead of us taking on the problems in our own country, in these cities of Americans that we have failed. So, yeah, is there is there a one or, you know, do we have to choose one crisis over the other? Well, yeah, we do, because we've had these this crisis in America that's been brew, brewing for 40 years. We have Americans that have been living in cities of despair and without hope for a long time. And we had a president just shortly, not not that long ago, President Trump, who really wanted to try to fix these inner cities really try to bring hope to people who've been in despair for years and decades and generations. And, um, and he knew that it's not just money that fixes these problems. It's a human, it's human capital that's involved in and, and being mentors and teaching people how to run small businesses, how to create their own business, getting the right job training, getting the right education systems. And, um, and in, in doing that, you can't be having a crisis at your border. But Biden has chosen the crisis at our border versus the crisis in our inner cities in America. And uh, again, um, I am not a Black Lives Matter supporter in the organization, but I am a Black Lives Matter supporter in the concept, uh, not in the way that Black Lives Matter presented it against this crisis with our police department because the bigger crisis is in these inner cities in America um, where our educational systems have completely failed the parents who send their kids to school where in Baltimore, a student with a 0.18 GPA is ranked 50th percentile in his graduating class where only two students uh, out of the entire senior class are proficient in math and English. This is the crisis in America, and it's been ignored because we have allowed a crisis at our border to open back up. One and th- This was one of Trump's probably greatest accomplishments, and, and he did it against so much opposition, and uh, But he was able to start securing our border, to start creating order uh, in our um, immigration systems again, and uh, to create respect for other nations, not overwhelming our border. And he did so against opposition from the Republicans, the Democrats, the corporations. And he did so because it's important. You're not a nation if you don't have borders, and if you don't protect your borders, then you're not a nation. And so anyway, one of Trump's greatest accomplishments within 60 days has been destroyed by the Biden administration and has put a, a human price uh, of encouraging parents and these people to, to come across our border and put their lives at danger, especially at a time in which our own freedoms have been halted uh, during this corona um, crisis. Where we can't leave our houses or run our businesses, but yet we can have people um, crossing our borders without any testing for coronavirus. So anyway, we'll be back on the path for Utah, which is the path for America, in just a minute. back to the Path for Utah, and the Path for Utah is the path for America. That is, each of us work in our individual cities, our individual counties, our individual states to preserve freedom, that uh, that is the path for America. And so the team that I have put together are um, a team that's going to fight for the freedoms of all Americans. Uh, so tomorrow we will be having Ryan Woods on, who is the president of uh, log Cabin Republicans, also known as Lady MAGA. Ryan is a fierce um, patriot and a protector of American freedoms. He's also a gay conservative man. And uh, Ryan joins us on fighting for the protection of children. He fought hard for House Bill 92 that would prevent uh, doctors from giving cross-gender uh hormones to people actually we even had the bill lowered to under 16 it really should be under 18 but the bill was even comprom- uh a compromise was made to under 16 but it still died in the house committee because spencer cox said he would veto it also ryan was a big advocate and helped bring other conservative gays to protect female sports And House Bill 302, again, that bill ended up dying in the Senate committee uh, because, again, our Governor Cox said he was going to veto it. So my fellow patriots out there, we need everyone in this fight for freedom. We need gay conservatives. We need Latino conservatives. We need uh, black conservatives. Uh, We need every American patriot who believes in freedom to come together and fight for each other's freedoms. We can disagree on what we feel is moral, what we feel is right, but if it comes to freedom uh, out there that is not harming someone else, uh, that is not doing uh, more harm to our um, our country, um, then we should be fighting for other people's freedoms as well as our own. So anyway, make sure you listen tomorrow with Ryan Woods, the president of Log Cabin Republicans. So we'll go on and talk about some other things. The Atlanta shooting. Uh, there's so much involved in this shooting. Uh, this was a, a, a young man that uh, self-confessed had a sexual addiction Came from a religious family, a lot of shame involved in the problems that he was facing. Had visited and patronized these massage parlors uh, for sexual um, services and um, somehow felt that if pornography, if these places didn't exist that perhaps he wouldn't be struggling with the addictions that he was having. This is what he stated to the FBI. This is what he stated to those when he was arrested. This is what his family stated. This is what his roommates stated. Nobody at any time, this man, his roommates, his family, ever stated that this young man had a problem with Asian people. Yet, that is the... um, dialogue that is being pushed right now, even Bill Maher. And I don't agree with Bill Maher very often, but he does come out and speak truth on occasion. And, uh, and Bill Maher, you know, said, Hey, we may have a problem with some Asian hate crimes, but this isn't one of them. And it doesn't mean it wasn't a big crime and a big tragedy because it was And this young man needs to be held accountable. Um, but there's two things, there's two issues in hand here. The first of which is the issue of sexual addictions, or people who struggle with uh, with pornography, or struggle with um, the lack of connection. Let's just talk about what sexual addiction really is. Oftentimes, sexual addiction is brought about because a lack of human connection, real connection, and intimacy. That uh, people don't have in their lives, uh, it, it is just like any other addiction or any other problem. It is a coping mechanism that was developed to help someone cope with something that they were struggling with. It was it's an unhealthy coping uh, mechanism, but it's one that, uh, for whatever reason, individuals just like overeating or over drinking, um, taking drugs. I mean, in my in one of my, uh, <laughs> I gotta be careful here. Uh, somebody I know that, uh, is stuck on, uh, um, watching Oh, uh, it's, it's, an episode they um, via, um, Korean episodes, 700 <laughs> Korean episodes of this one show. I mean, we all have our, we all have our coping addictions on getting us through, Uh, the things that we're going through especially right now with coronavirus and so uh, different people develop different coping skill coping skills to help them get through life and and uh, but with sexual addiction sexual coping skills uh, there's a lot more shame involved and so this young man obviously was struggling uh, for some time with this issue that brought a lot of shame in his life a lot of uh, a lot of hurt and not justifying and not giving any excuses for what he did, but it should bring us to a conversation at least to to start talking about this, having more open conversations on how people struggle in this area and uh, and bring. You know just to bring the discussion out in the open so the problem with this discussion is you have people on the far left who feel anything goes when it comes to sexual activity Uh, they don't put any um any emphasis on human connection, on intimate relationships. I mean, they believe that in women's studies, you can have masturbating classes that we should be teaching masturbation to young kids, that sexual activity has no boundaries. And then you have people on the right, on the far right. So you have these two fringe elements that, uh, that sex is evil, that sex is bad and, uh, that won't discuss sex at all, and uh, so we have these two extreme extreme ends when it comes to conversations on healthy sexual relationships that are polarizing, and uh, and everybody in the middle doesn't seem willing to take this conversation on. But it's really time that we in America start having some better conversations on. Um, on sex and also on intimacy on healthy relationships. So I'm going to go back to what they're trying to push it off. They're trying to push it off as a hate crime against Asians. And the reason they're doing that is twofold. Uh, Most of these hate crimes that have uh, increased against Asian Americans in our country have been in very liberal cities, uh, New York, uh, San Francisco, and, uh, and a significant number of these, uh, hate crimes have been black on Asian crimes. So it does not go with their narrative that they're trying to blame. And, and again, I'm not accusing one. I'm just giving this, uh, the statistics there, uh, but they're trying to blame this somehow on Trump because Trump said that, uh, the coronavirus is Kung flu or the Chinese virus. And, uh, and that was hate speech. And so what I think is happening here is they're trying to, um, prevent Americans from criticizing China. They're trying to prevent us from actually discussing the, our biggest threat in the world in any terms in which we can put a, some tag names on it, uh, that China is a threat. And, uh, so they're, they're taking off the table because they're telling us that if we talk about China being a threat, that somehow that we are articulating hate speech. And so by putting this out there the way they are with this Atlanta shooting, they're trying to prevent any criticism of China. Nobody, uh, or at least nobody I'm aware of, that took Trump's rhetoric to mean that we should be unkind to the Chinese people or Asian people that live here in our country. Matter of fact, at every Trump rally I went to in D.C., The Asian people were there supporting Trump with great enthusiasm because they know what we're fighting against. They know the Chinese Communist Party is evil. And uh, they were Trump's biggest supporters out there. So, again, when we come back on the path forward, Utah, we're just going to talk a little bit more about what the motivation is behind trying to designate this Atlanta shooting as a hate crime against Asian Americans. (laughs) Welcome back to the Path for Utah. I'm Jamie Urrinda, your host. Um, again, on the Atlanta shooting, I just want to, um, at a later time, I'm going to have some uh, guest on to discuss the pornography problems in America, discuss some of the sexual addictions, and uh, try to have more open conversations um, on healthy relationships. And, uh, and as someone who has had a close family member who has struggled with this, I do understand uh, some of the things that are there, especially, you know, and it's not just an issue that impacts deeply religious people, but uh, there's a lot more shame involved if you are uh, part of an organization um, that has, um, that's a deep, you know, that's a religious organization. But uh, I, I believe there's shame that's probably involved regardless if you're not. I know Kanye West uh, mentioned uh, his pornography addiction. And he mentioned the shame that was involved in that for him too. So we just need to have a lot more open conversations. And uh, one of the things that uh, we're really struggling with here in America and throughout the world right now is human connection. And even before coronavirus uh, kicked in, I think human connection was something that uh, was should have been at the forefront of a problem that we're being faced with because of social media and I just have to love <laughs> that Mark Zuckerberg in testifying you know is he was being asked <coughs> about Instagram and Snapchat and how he manipulated these companies uh, to sell him to sell out to him. And he says, well, you know, we're always on the forefront of the the best technologies on keeping people connected. And that's what our our goals are, which is such a farce. I mean, Facebook was created initially for guys to be able to find out which girls were available to date and and connect up with. It had nothing about true family connections and um, and nothing that motivates Mark Zuckerberg has anything to do with truly connecting people. We are more disconnected now in America and throughout the world because of Facebook and social media apps. And so his hypocrisy, and he knows that, I mean, it just... um, you know, not a very good person and uh, not a very honest person on that. So anyway, we are going to be having some people on. And, and don't forget, on Wednesdays, we have Dr. Marcy on. And Dr. Marcy is, ta- is talking about good coping mechanisms and, uh, and just good mental health um, and how we go about making sure that we have good mental health in our lives and how mental health plays an impact on a lot of legislation that we're out there. So anyway, make sure you're listening to Dr. Marcy on Wednesday on the path for Utah. Um, So, but again, back to this Atlanta shooting and how they're trying to frame it as an Asian hate crime. Uh, I, I think, you know, we just all need to love the golden rule and that is to treat others kindly and uh, one of the mottos for the Path Forward Utah is that we need to strive to be the best people that we can be and do the most good that we can do. So that is our message out there for our listeners that uh, we each need to look within and think, what is it that we can change in our lives to be better, to be a better spouse, to be a better parent, to be a better neighbor, a better friend, a better employee, a better employer, Um And what good can we accomplish? You know, how can we help those in need, whether it's our family member, our neighbor, um, uh, someone who works for us, our friend, or if it's the homeless or somebody who's really struggling with addictions, how can we reach out and uh, do the most good we can do every day? So that is our motto. So in saying um, this, we should never... You know, hate someone or have um, feelings of um, of ill will towards others based on any issue, whether it's race or whether it's um, income level. But uh, we can't legislate everything. I mean, I always joke that I have the opposite of anorexia disease because. Um, I mean, I am definitely overweight, but I always look in the mirror and think, man, I don't look too bad, but, uh, there, there is a, there is a definite prejudice against people who are overweight. There's a definite prejudice against people. I think one of the worst prejudices out there are people who have bad teeth and I'm not, you know, <laughs> this is nothing that's ever discussed, but people who have bad teeth are more, um, Profiled and prejudiced when it comes to hiring, and uh, it's nothing we ever discuss. And so we cannot legislate every bias that humanity has. But what we can do is try to be uh, kind and try to be helpful and try to, you know, I've helped multiple people who who have bad teeth because I look at this as an employer, and as I'm interviewing people. And I recognize that this within me, that I have a bias against people with bad teeth. And uh, and I think a lot of people do, and it's one that we don't even recognize. And so I have helped many people, I shouldn't say many, but three or four now, five people that uh, have had teeth issues. I have, I have a dentist that I work with that uh, he's a fantastic dentist. And so he has helped me on multiple occasions, helping people get their teeth pulled that need their teeth pulled um, so they can get dentures uh, or just um, help them fix, uh, especially their front, you know, their front teeth. Um, It's just really important. So anyway, I don't want to get off on teeth, even though I do have a teeth fetish. Um, But it is an issue (laughs) that uh, people are prejudiced against so many different things. And we just can't legislate. Uh, everything that we could be biased against, and so can't. So back to the Asian increase in Asian hate crime. I'm not sure what is the leading cause of that, um, but I do know that it's predominantly in liberal cities and I don't feel it's attributed to President Trump, even though that they're trying to make this Atlanta shooting about President Trump. But I do feel there's an intentional effort on the part of those who are trying to make this about Trump to prevent us from criticizing China, to prevent us from criticizing uh, the Chinese leadership. And here the Chinese leadership comes on American soil and basically gives us the middle finger last week. And mocks America, and we're not allowed to actively criticize uh, the leadership in a China in China, and recognize what a threat they are to our nation and to the world around us. So l- let's recognize what this is and why this Atlanta shooting is being designated as an Asian hate crime instead of really discussing the problem in America that we are facing with people with coping skills that are hurting their lives. Uh, people that have resorted to some negative s- coping skills to uh, help them get through whatever they're going through in their lives. So let's go on to Andrew McCabe. Andrew McCabe, if we all remember who he, uh, he was, here he is, um, truly a seditious person who tried to be involved in, in undermining the duly elected president of the United States, President Trump. And again, I'm not a supporter of those who attacked our Capitol on January 6th. But to hear Andrew McCabe come out and talk about that these people should be charged with uh, sedition uh, is laughable to me. um, Because Andrew McCabe himself uh, should be charged with sedition when it comes to his role in falsely accusing President Trump of collusion with Russia, of trying to take part in and encourage in the very beginning stages a the use of the 25th Amendment against President Trump. Using the FBI in ways that... Um, are criminal and has never been held accountable. So to, to hear Andrew McCabe mentioned how shocked he is that the Capitol writers have not been charged with sedition already um, is laughable to me. I'm just uh, amazed that, I mean, here we have James Comey, uh, Rod Ro- Ro- Rosenstein, uh, Andrew McCabe, all these people who were in leadership in our intelligence communities that committed to me, real criminal activity, and there's no accountability for them. And I think that's what, I mean, even though I don't agree with what happened on January 6th, I see the frustration with people um, have on our two-tiered justice system. I can empathize with those in the black American community that are frustrated with the two-tiered justice system. And, uh, and here we have people like Andrew McCabe, out there, uh, touting that, uh, as if he, he did no wrong and wanting the worst punishment for those that, uh, were participating in January 6th, uh, riot and uh, takeover of our nation's capital. It wasn't even takeover, but, um, And our nation's capital should have been opened to the American people that day, and the doors were locked. So when we get back on the path forward, Utah, we're going to discuss a few more local issues and what we can do to move forward and stay healthy and uh, mentally healthy, physically healthy, and try to, as I mentioned in the very first part of the segment, that we buckle up and get ready for a crazy ride, because I think we're in for one. We'll be back on the path forward, Utah, in just a minute. Welcome back to the Path Forward Utah and again as we move forward in Utah we move our nation forward so it is the Path for America. So everyone in every state needs to focus in on their state electing the best officials they can, putting pressure on there are legislatures, both state and national, uh, to pass uh, legislation that will protect our freedoms uh, and also just to stop passing some legislation. I, I think sometimes I get amazed by how proud uh, our legislative branches are because they passed so many pieces of legislation and it gets to a point unless they're undoing previous legislation, how many laws do Americans even know that uh, are out there? So there's so many different things that are illegal that we're not even aware of. So, um, I and I think, oh, who was it that was trying to pass a law, Brian, that basically uh, stated that you couldn't be held accountable if you didn't know you were knowingly breaking that law? Was that Rand Paul recently? It was some... It, uh, um, Anyway, I'll get back to you on that on Thursday. But, uh, yeah, one of our legislators were trying to to pass upon a, a law that would basically not hold you accountable if you didn't know you were breaking a law because there's so many obscure laws out there. That uh, we don't even know that we're breaking laws sometimes because so many laws are passed every year and in in addition to the laws our legislative branch has passed, and we have given the this incredible power to our agencies to make things legal or illegal uh when it comes to environmental agencies and and other agencies out there. so there's so many different things that most Americans don't even realize uh perhaps might be illegal so Again, we need to be holding our elected officials accountable. We need to make sure uh, those in charge of our elections are purging the voter rolls and uh, making sure that we're having safe and fair elections. So every American needs to be focused in on their city their their county, and their state and holding our our leaders accountable and As we do that, we're going to have the the path forward for our nation. Um, as we work on our local issues in each of our states, so I had a couple of other issues I can't hardly uh, because I wasn't on on Friday uh, mention about Joe Biden's stumble. Um, and the reason I can't pass up on this is because I, I remember Joe Biden after President Trump, I believe it was at Air Force Academy or something. It was raining outside and they had this ramp and President Trump was walking really slow down it. I don't, I don't think it even had rails on it. And so he was kind of, you know, just walking slow and they mocked how he was sipping his water and, and, um, and anyway, just it, it went on for the comedians on Saturday Night Live. Everybody was mocking Trump that he was somehow uh, had some physical ailment because he walked down this ramp really slowly. But now, as Biden not stumbled once or twice, but three times going up to Air Force One, uh, that somehow that we don't supposed to find this funny. Yet Biden himself was laughing about Trump and how your Trump is walking like a snail and he how Biden outruns him. And uh, and one uh, mainstream media, one reporter after another, mocked Trump on this. But now these same reporters are saying, this isn't funny. We shouldn't be laughing at Biden because this could uh, hurt our national image. <laughs> and so, again, the, the hypocrisies that are out there uh, just never, uh, never stop. And so – Talk about um, just a second here. I had another article that I was going to bring up and and, and discuss, but. um, Oh, man. Oh, that's what it was, is Dr. Fauci versus Dr. Seuss. Someone's created a children's book on Dr. Fauci. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Here we are, down with Dr. Seuss and and up with Dr. Fauci. So what an upside down world! Uh, Dr. Fauci has been the most inconsistent. Um, Person in this entire coronavirus. First, it's we don't need to wear a mask. Then it's we have to wear a mask. Then it's we need to wear two masks, three masks, four masks. You know, he is kind of like Dr. Seuss on on that. You know, it's uh, on the, as he continues to elevate the number of masks required and how long those masks are going to be required, um, how far we should socially distance, was it six foot, three foot? Anyway, I mean that somebody actually is going to write a book, on, or actually has written a Dr. Fauci children's book. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. That here we are up with doc, up with Dr. Fauci and out with Dr. Seuss in our upside down, crazy world in which we live on, live in right now. Um, and my mind, it doesn't it doesn't usually go blank, but today. Uh, Okay, Ford Motor Company. This is another one I was going to mention is was going to build a big plant in Ohio. And uh, but now they're going to Mexico as soon as Trump's not in office all of a sudden uh, These big corporations that had committed to building America are now taking it uh, to Mexico and to other overseas operations. So we're going to see more and more of this. You know, back when uh, Obama, back in 2016, he was mocking President Trump, saying, well, what are you going to do, wave this magical wand and bring these jobs back? And uh, said it couldn't be done. But under President Trump, even against all the opposition he had, he was starting to bring manufacturing jobs back to our nation. And uh, and as soon as President Trump is out of office, those people who were committed to bringing those jobs back to America have quickly turned tail because these big corporations – they no longer have America's interests, at, at, you know, as the first interest. Uh, they have their bottom dollar as their first interest, and in, and in how much money they can make with the cheapest amount of labor, and with the least restrictions when it comes to uh, environmental protections. And so, in addition to cheap labor in Mexico, they don't have the same environmental codes that we have here, and so they can make their products. Uh, much easier without all the regulations that we have here. So, again, that's just one of many that are starting to um, relocate or the promised uh, plants that we're going to be going into here in the United States are now going overseas. So, again, we need to hold the Biden administration accountable, in which the media is currently not doing. Uh, Matter of fact, uh, Joe Biden still to date has not had a – a press conference he's announced one i can't remember the date but i've never heard of an announced hey brian have you ever heard of a president announcing weeks out that they're going to do a press conference yeah <laughs> so anyway have never been you know in in a political environment in which uh the president announces you know a couple of weeks out that he will hold a uh, a press conference and I almost forgot that there is good news. I, as I was going over the news uh, that I was going to talk about today, it's just seemed like one after another uh, was a story that kind of hurt my heart a little bit. And uh, I thought, man, you know, is it ever going to stop on what's happening to our country? But um, <clears throat> Donald J. Trump, President Trump, is going to start his own social media platform, Which is exciting because you know here we are a couple of months out, and there still hasn't been anything that's really emerged that uh, I feel like is going to make it. I mean, Parlor has gone through ups and downs, um, but I don't see people really gravitating to Parlor. So I don't know. And and then there's some issues with Parlor on the server. I mean, there's a lot of different things going on there. So um, Parlor was not it. I didn't see uh, President Trump jumping on that. Gab doesn't seem to be really picking up a lot of traction. Uh, One that I have really liked that I haven't heard a lot of people out there talking about. And it's one I've kind of found uh, accidentally. I shouldn't say accidentally, and I, I just lost, I'm, I'm trying to find it on my app, is Telegram. Uh, I found it because uh, Patrick Byrne, who used to be the CEO of Overstock here in Utah, uh, said, follow me on uh, Telegram. So I downloaded it and I follow him and Sydney on Telegram. And so I really, I really like Telegram. I don't hear much about Telegram out there. But anyway, so uh, Donald Trump will be having his own social media platform soon. So I'm excited to see what that is and and uh, start seeing free speech that's um, going to be allowed on social media again. But uh, if you haven't checked out Telegram, t- uh, look at it and follow Sydney Powell and Patrick Byrne on Telegram, and I think also Lynn Wood is on there. So. Tomorrow, don't forget, we're going to have Ryan Woods, the president of Log Cabin Republicans on. On Wednesday, we'll have Dr. Marcy talking about good mental health strategies. And on Thursday, we're going to have Ignacio Valdez, uh, Latinos for Trump. And on Friday, we will have Bob McEntee on talking about local issues here in the state of Utah and uh, what we can do to be involved. So we'll see you tomorrow on the Path Forward Utah.